Welcome to Alabama Short Stories, when you're a little behind on your Alabama history. I'm your host, Sean Wright. Birmingham is located at the end of the Appalachian Mountain chain, and inevitably when you mention the words Red Mountain or Shades Mountain to someone who lives out west or even eastern Tennessee, they always have to compare their mountains with yours. Sure, they might not be as tall as the Rocky Mountains, but you know anyone who's walked or biked over these hills will all agree that they are mountains. Red Mountain was one of the main reasons Birmingham is located where it is. The red ore mined from the mountain slopes was one of the main ingredients for steel, all of which are located right around Jones Valley. For decades, the mountain was dotted with entrances to mines with names such as Valley View, Lone Pine, and Spalding Mines. The mines were all slope mines, with most openings facing north towards Birmingham and sloping south along the iron ore seam. Despite all the mining taking place on the mountain, crossing the mountain from Birmingham to Shades Valley was no easy feat in the early 20th century. There are natural gaps in any mountain range that people have exploited to cross over. We take for granted today the gaps that are still there. For Birmingham locals, here are a few you may recognize. Irondale Gap is at the top of Pawnee Avenue before it becomes Montclair Road. If you travel Arlington South, up the mountain, and past the roundabout into English Village, that is Brown's Gap. Where Richard Arrington Boulevard crosses the mountain below Vulcan is Lone Pine Gap. Further down, where Green Springs crosses the mountain, is Walker's Gap. And Grace's Gap is where Spalding Ishkuta Road connects with West Valley Avenue and West Oxmoor Road in Homewood. There are many other gaps to the east and west, but this will help us with our story. As more and more people were trying to leave the smoke and noise from the blast furnaces located around Birmingham, they looked south to the quiet and potential of Shades Valley. The most direct way to get there was Lone Pine Gap. At the top, you would cross the Mineral Railroad, which carried ore across the slope of Red Mountain, moving from the south side to the north side at Lone Pine Gap, and then back again at Grace's Gap. Lone Pine Gap was also known as the Pig Trail. This nickname would be celebrated years later with the opening of the Pig Trail Inn in downtown Homewood, a popular hangout with local teens. Sometimes when you want real change, it takes a developer. Troop Brazelton and Stephen Smith were developing the Edgewood Lake Resort and Edgewood Residential Subdivision in what would become the town of Homewood. They needed a way to move people from Birmingham efficiently, so they created the Edgewood Electric Railway. In 1909, they struck a deal to lower the roadbed at Lone Pine Gap by about 50 feet or so, passing under the Mineral Railroad. Jefferson County contributed to the project in return for establishing a 16-foot-wide right-of-way for automobile traffic, turning the pig trail into a proper route of transportation into the valley. This route through Lone Pine Gap would eventually become Alabama State Highway 31, also known as Montgomery Highway. Highway 31 starts in Spanish Fort, Alabama, close to Mobile, and travels to Tennessee. For many years, it was a primary source of traffic through Jefferson County. In the 1950s, construction on Interstate 65 started. 
this major highway would closely parallel Highway 31 in Alabama. The route chosen to cross Red Mountain was at Walker's Gap, where Green Springs Highway crossed to the west of the city of Birmingham. The suburbs south of the city were quickly growing. Homewood, Mount Brook, and Vestavia were adding to their population, and a lot of those people were traveling down Highway 280 and Highway 31 and crossing at Lone Pine Gap, which had not changed much in the previous decades. Travelers needed another route over the mountain, and discussion started. As early as 1908, there had been discussions about building a tunnel through Red Mountain. By the 1920s, local architect George Turner created renderings of what the tunnel would look like. In 1946, New York tunnel expert Ole Singstad was brought to the city to survey proposed tunnel locations. He favored a tunnel from 22nd Street South in Birmingham to 21st Avenue in Homewood. If you don't know the name Ole Singstad, you may know some of his projects. Singstad designed the Lincoln Tunnel, the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, and the Queens Midtown Tunnel in New York, to name just a few. The idea of constructing a tunnel was passed around for the next decade. In 1959, the Birmingham City Commission declined to fund a study any further, agreeing not to spend Birmingham taxpayers' money to give Mount Brook travelers convenience. It looked like there'd be no tunnel, but the problem still existed. If there was no money and no enthusiasm to drill through the mountain, what if they could move the mountain? A new report was commissioned and presented in 1960 to the Downtown Improvement Association and Jefferson County Commission with ideas. Engineers evaluated 23 possible routes, which were narrowed to six preferred routes. Even though the tunnel was left for dead, three of the options were tunnels. All options started at 26th Street South in Birmingham. Now, not to jump ahead in our story, but I bet you've never noticed that there's no 26th Street South north of University Boulevard. Birmingham News columnist Walling Keith said the real question about the proposed Red Mountain Expressway is not whether we should have it, but rather, how soon can we get it? He wrote, We really ought to get that Red Mountain Expressway cut before we shoot a man to the moon. The option chosen, Cut Route D, had the least cost when purchasing rights of way and moving dirt. Even still, a large portion of Homewood's African-American community, Rosedale, was bulldozed for the southern entrance to the expressway and for Rosedale Drive. Not as many homes were demolished on the northern side of the mountain. About a half dozen houses had been slated for demolition. The homes on the crest and north side were more stately than in Rosedale, and some owners would not move without a fight. There were legal fights over losing a family home, and when that was lost... Disputes continued over how much the home and property were worth. Negotiations continued through 1965 on property values. Next in line for the bulldozer was Historic Highland Avenue and the Highland Towers and Highland Plaza Apartments, which were dead ahead. Instead of going through the properties, the expressway would plunge underneath Highland Avenue before reappearing on the other side. Residents were not convinced that this project would be successful which would come within feet of their apartments. They worried about the noise and the dust, and they were not convinced their apartment homes would not be damaged. Harbert Construction Company handled the project, and John Harbert himself mounted a PR campaign to sell the project to a skeptical public. 
Harbert hosted cocktail parties for the apartment residents to explain the process. He set up bleachers so people could view the machinery moving the earth around. He gave out balloons and ice cream. The Good Neighbor PR campaign was a huge success and went a long way in soothing rattled nerves from the dynamiting of the mountain and the street closings and traffic created from the project. In what usually would have taken three months, Harbert completed the Highland Avenue part of the project in record time. Using every available machine from jobs around the southeast, they dug around the clock and completed this part of the project in less than two weeks. Digging and grading took seven years, from 1962 until 1969, and the Red Mountain Expressway was open to traffic in 1970. Workers removed two million cubic yards from the ridge of Red Mountain. When the roads were widened at Lone Pine Gap and Walker's Gap, the iron ore seam was exposed for travelers to view. Industrialist Erskine Ramsey donated metal signs that said, This Red Mountain iron ore is the basis of Birmingham's iron steel industry. There were two tags mounted on the top and the bottom of the seam. You can see them today, but you may have to look close due to vegetation growing out of the rock. The Red Mountain Cut exposed the iron ore seam and over 190 million years of geological strata dating to over 500 million years ago. The Ordovician, Silurian, Devonian, and Mississippian geological periods are visible in the cut. Special features include caves, volcanic ash layers, the Red Mountain fault line, prehistoric reefs and beaches, fossils, and fossil tracks. UAB geologists were excited to see the newly exposed strata late in the construction. They were also appalled that the exposed rock would be covered with spray concrete. One scientist took it upon himself to stop it by laying down in front of the concrete spray truck. An emergency appeal to the governor stopped the spring and left the rock exposed. But not all of it. There are a few slopes that are covered to this day. The cut exposed roughly as much geological data as can be found in the Grand Canyon in a space just 1,850 linear feet. Scientists from as far away as France came to study the exposed cut. And when you have something that impressive, you need a museum to show it off. The Lynn Henley Charitable Trust pledged $250,000 to create the Red Mountain Museum on the slope of the mountain. There was even a paved trail that extended along one of the tiers of the cut. The Red Mountain Museum eventually merged with the Discovery Place Museum. They moved to the former Loveman's Building in downtown Birmingham and is now known as the McWain Center. The road was dedicated as the Elton B. Stevens Expressway in honor of local businessman and philanthropist Elton B. Stevens, who chaired the Birmingham and Jefferson County Freeway and Expressway Committee. Those of us in Birmingham call it the Red Mountain Expressway. For years, Highway 31 took a left just past the Oxmoor Road-Hollywood Boulevard intersection into downtown Homewood. With a cut in the mountain, Travelers would go straight and then travel what seems to be halfway up the mountain to where the cut started. You may not notice it, but the road through the mountain makes an S-curve to make it more visually appealing. After leaving the mountain, the elevated expressway continued north to an abrupt halt within sight of Interstate 2059. Travelers would have to exit the expressway at 1st Avenue North or 2nd Avenue North. Directly ahead was a new postal facility, and the year before, the famed Terminal Station was demolished, 
for a proposed Social Security Administration building. It seemed the expressway had nowhere to go. The rumor was that Governor George Wallace would not help fund the project as punishment for Birmingham residents not supporting him in earlier campaigns for governor. Of course, this could not have been possible since he was not in office at the time. It does make for a good story. With the continued population growth south of the city of Birmingham, the Red Mountain Expressway has been a vital link to the city of Birmingham and areas north. And in the end, it makes for a very convenient trip for Mountain Brook travelers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Alabama Short Stories. If you enjoyed the story, there are a couple of ways you can help the podcast. The first is to tell a friend about the podcast. The second is to buy some merchandise from our store or donate to the podcast. You can find links at alabamashortstories.com. You can listen to the podcast on the website or wherever you prefer to listen and subscribe to podcasts. See you next time at Alabama Short Stories.